we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And uh, I'm happy you're here. Whether you got it off Apple Podcasts, whether you got it off Spotify, whether you got it off iHeartRadio, or maybe Google Play, which happens to be all the places you can hear it, as well as the website, magicwindedollar.com. Whether you got it any of those places, or you're streaming it directly, or whatever, I'm happy that you are listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for so much for subscribing. And for the reviews, they're pretty good. So thank you so much for that. And uh, got a quick show for you today. We don't have a lot of news. Really kind of a slow news week with the hurricane coming in, with everything happening with the hurricane last week and kind of missing Disney altogether. Uh, not a whole lot of things going on. I am going to talk a little bit about the day that is today, which is 9-11. Well, we'll kind of get to that in a few minutes. Festival of the Arts for Epcot have been announced. It's going to be January the 17th through February the 24th of 20. 2020. A lot of fun. It is a cool place. It's a cool thing to see. Uh, now, with the Flower and Garden Show and the Food and Wine Festival, a lot of the things are kind of similar. A lot of the topiaries are the same. That doesn't diminish how cool they are because they look amazing. They're all amazing, but that is, you know they're, they're kind of the same. You'll see Mickey Mouse. You'll see Lightning McQueen. You'll see you know Pooh and Tigger and Peter Pan or whatever. Kind of from year to year to year, and that's cool. Festival of the Arts tends to be a little bit different. They bring in the artistry and the different people doing the arts and the, you know, be it um, be it dancing, be it you know, paintings, be it, uh, you know, pictures, whatever. It's it's cool. It's a cool place to go. They usually have an interactive mural where you can kind of go and help paint a mural of something. I think I helped paint Figment a couple of years ago. You basically go find a square and you kind of color it in, and now you've become part of the mural, which is awesome. Uh, so Festival of the Arts is really, really neat over there in Epcot. It's not so massive that it overtakes the park like food and wine or, or, or flower and garden, but uh, it is something to definitely experience. I really, really enjoy Festival of the Arts. But if you're at Epcot this week, like I will be, you can enjoy the great sounds of Tiffany, the great sounds of Smash Mouth, and the great sounds of Everclear. That is an 80s, 90s mashup if I've ever heard one. Actually, somebody from each decade, 80s uh, uh, Tiffany, 90s Everclear, and the 2000s Smash Mouth. So something, a little bit of something for everybody. Um, they're playing at the uh, the Eat to the Beat concert series at Epcot Well, all this week from now until Friday. You know, Tiffany's one night and Everclear and then Smash Mouth or whatever. Just check your check your Epcot listings and you'll see that. So that's what's going on at Epcot as well. Hurricane came through, blew up Florida, the side of Florida, the coast of Florida. Didn't really hit Florida that much. Now, it did do some devastation, obviously, in the Bahamas. It apparently just sat on part of the Bahamas for like 40 hours where it just blew harsh wind and, you know, it was awful. There's a lot of devastation in the Bahamas. Now, now something you need to remember about the Bahamas, however, we see on the media, and I think a lot of people think that the Bahamas have been completely wiped out, and that's really not true. Really kind of only hit a few islands. Now, it did some crazy devastation to those islands. Don't don't think I'm knocking those islands. Don't think I'm saying that, you know, it was harmless. It wasn't. It really hurt uh, several places in the Bahamas, but for the most part, the Bahamas were mostly unscathed. Uh, It's just like saying that that, you know, if a hurricane comes through Florida and causes mass devastation, you wouldn't say the whole country has is, has been hit. Uh, same thing with the Bahamas, just a little piece of the island here and there. Um, you know, there are a lot of islands there, including Castaway Key and Coco Cay, which Disney and 
Royal Caribbean owned those islands there. Um, those were unharmed. Those were completely unharmed for the most part. The hurricane came up uh, the coast of Florida, went all the way up, did some crazy damage uh, up the coast and everything above Florida. Didn't really hit Florida hard. In fact, Disney was planning on closing their parks at 2 p.m. I think last week's at some point, Tuesday or Wednesday. They ended up uh, closing a couple of their parks at 2, keeping some parks open until 7, just to, for safety purposes. Uh, the parks have been dead. Guys, if you want to take a last-minute trip to Disney World, now is the time to do it. Like, right now. Like, call me right now, and I will book you on your on your trip to Disney World because the, the parks are dead. I mean, like, there's nobody there, which has been crazy. I was seeing pictures uh, from, from the parks, even, you know, as recently as today. There's hardly anybody there. Wait times are minimal. The Millennium Falcon ride, the wait times are like 20 minutes, which is insane that the wait time is that low. Which helps me on Friday because I am going to Disney World this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow, Thursday, uh, heading out, coming back on Sunday, and I will be doing the Parkeology Challenge at Disney World on Friday. And I haven't really talked a lot about this on the show because this is not really what I'm doing there. It's not really been a, a business promotion marketing thing. Um, but I could talk about it now because it's going to be happening tomorrow and, you know, I'll give you a chance to donate if you want to, but, um, I'm going to be earning money for a charity called Addie's Army. Addie's Army is a local autism charity here in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, and they do some great things for families and for kids across the, uh, across the state. And so I will be earning money for Addie's Army. The way I'm earning money basically is that I'm riding all the rides that are operating, which is 48 rides on uh, Friday in one single day. And, uh, if you want to sponsor an attraction, you sponsor the attraction and you pay that money if I if I complete the whole thing. You can sponsor a park, you can sponsor the whole magical ride. If you'd like to donate, it is uh it's uh, paypal.me, paypal.me slash David Dollar, and all the money goes to charity. All of it goes to charity. And follow along to Magical and a Dollar on Twitter and on Instagram and follow me on, on Facebook, my profile page, but you can also follow Disney on a dollar as well. So that'll be going on there. So uh, that'll be happening this weekend. Next week's show. I'm going to be able to talk a whole lot about a lot of things. The Food and Wine Festival, about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, about a whole lot of stuff that I've seen and done that will all be next week. But this week, a little bit shorter of a show, um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, about 9-11. Now, today, of course, is the 18th anniversary of 9-11, and I'm not going to go too deep into it because this is a this is a lighthearted show. This is a magical show. This is not a, a political you know show uh, about society and culture and such, but you know, it's one of those things where sometimes society and culture creep into the magic, and it just happened. When 9-11 hit, of course, New York uh, and Washington and even in, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, they were all on, all on the East Coast. Disney World was already open. They were well into their operating day. Disneyland had not opened yet because they're three hours behind. So it was a beautiful day. Like you've heard it said in, in New York City on that Tuesday morning how beautiful it was. It was beautiful all over the country. It was September. The fall was really kicking in. It was just nice outside. And, uh, and then, of course, the towers were hit. And nobody knew what to do. Nobody had any idea what was going on. And everybody, mostly, for the most part, realized, okay, well, planes, you know, the first plane hit. And you're thinking, well, okay, what kind of accident is this? The second plane hit, you realize, oh, this must be something big. This is something going on. This is obviously intentional, a terrorist attack of some sort. Disney had to scramble around to figure out what to do because... Unfortunately, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad, actually, that social media wasn't around back then, but unfortunately, even then, the rumor mill kicked in and just went crazy because now everything's a target. So people were getting around what to do about this, what to do about that, um, all sorts of things. You know, Is this a target? Is that a target? I heard everything from Fenway Park to Mount Rushmore to the Disney parks were targets to be hit by airplanes, by terrorists, and people were just going crazy. And you know, if you, if you watch the news reports, 
if you go back on YouTube and watch the news reports, you know, you'll see that as many as what 10, 11 planes were, were theory were theorized to be hijacked at that point. And they're trying to shut everything down and people are going crazy because nobody knew what to do. This is one of those unprecedented events in history. Nobody had any idea how to handle this. So Disney World had to make the decision of, you know what, we're going to close the parks. We're just going to close the parks to be safe because people really weren't sure what to do as well. A veteran cast member recalled that he was getting trained on two major attractions in the Magic Kingdom when the manager told him uh, and the trainer what happened. They went to the cast break room, cast member break room. They saw the second plane hit the tower, and uh, everybody was packed with managers, and everybody was just very just shocked and crazy. Uh, and then the ABC reporter said, this just in, the Walt Disney Company has announced that it will be closing its parks worldwide. Everybody had to, had to kind of go on lockdown, okay? So the cast members basically had to shut all the attractions down. They had to get everybody out of the attractions, stop the rides, or continue the rides until they were finished. Uh, the restaurants, the merchandise shops, basically get everybody out. And you're talking, even on a slow day, we're probably talking, let's just say it was a light park day. Let's just say not a lot of people were there. We're probably talking 25,000 people in the Magic Kingdom alone, not to mention the other parks, you know? So... Four parks combined, and I'm going to make this number up, but if I had to guess, probably thinking anywhere around forty to 50,000 people uh, that were in, in, you know, in rides, in, uh, in merchandise shops, in restaurants, and they had to all get out into the streets. They had to all get out into the middle of the parks, okay? The cast members were strictly forbidden from telling anybody what was going on, so if you were on... Let's just say at that time you were on uh, Space Mountain, you got off the ride, and suddenly you're being asked to leave. Or if you're getting on the ride, suddenly the ride shut down, you have to leave. What's going on? Nobody can say anything. They were told to tell the guests nothing unless the guests directly asked them. Uh, Michael, a Frontier cast member uh, who was in the park that morning, says, I remember one guest asking me, and after I told them, they just stood there blank-faced and didn't move for a bit. The announcement that was made over the public address system in the theme parks did not mention anything about what happened. Only saying, due to circumstances beyond our control, the Magic Kingdom is now closed. Please follow the direction of the nearest cast member. Another cast member uh, gave the account and said, once the guests were forced to the streets of the parks because all the rides were closed, all the cast members were instructed to hold hands and basically form a human wall and gently, without it touching anybody, walk towards the hub of the park and eventually towards Main Street. That way we could basically force the guests out of the park. Security obviously followed each human wall and made sure that nobody got past it. Once the human wall procedure was done at all four parks, um, the guests were given complimentary tickets at the turnstile and they all left the park. Now, one guest said that she was eating breakfast at Tony's Town Square restaurant with her family and she was six months pregnant. And uh, they were sitting in the front where all the windows were and all the cast members, the whole lot of cast members in business attire with headsets were walking through the park. Um, so they're trying to, you know, wrestle anybody out, trying to get anybody out. And, of course, as the news leaked out, people were getting phone calls on their cell phones. And, you know, there was no smartphones. There were flip phones. There were Motorola razors. So there were texts and stuff. But, you know, people didn't have a lot of, of, you know, what we have now, technology. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter or whatever. So people were starting to get texts from people. Hey, we need to get out of here. You know, somebody got a text that says, hey, we need to get out of the Magic Kingdom. It's a target. So, you know, to avoid that panic, Disney's doing what they're trying to do to get people out as much as they possibly could. Uh, they were told, all the guests were told to go back to the, to the ticket center or to go back to their hotels and just kind of, get out. Uh, one guest said that she has never heard a bus so quiet that nobody on the bus talked the entire way back to the hotel and that you know people started crying. One guest who was staying at the Yacht Club uh, said how it was so bizarre to discover a military presence at, at Disney. Looking out the hotel window, they observed a gunship flew overhead so closely that my wife and I could clearly see somebody manning one of the machine guns. It looked like a plane flew in from MGM Studios and went right out over Epcot. 
So the, the resorts obviously have all these people. Now, remember, airline traffic is, is grounded. So people can't leave. It's not like, we're okay, my vacation's over. I got to go home. They can't just go to the airport. They're done. So the resorts kept, kept all the pools open until late, late in the night. Characters were walking around the boardwalk area. They were walking around resorts and stuff. Cast members were doing everything they could to keep a calm atmosphere. People walking around not knowing what to do. I mean, you're at the happiest place on earth, the most magical place on earth, and yet you've been getting these notifications on your phone or maybe through other people. And once you go back to your hotel room, turn it on TV to find out our country's under attack. It's just, it's, it's insane. So the next day, Magic Kingdom opens up like, like normal. Uh, they had started setting up security tables. Now, those of you who've been to Disney World in the last 10, 15 years, these are just old hat for you. You know about this now. You know these happen because you've gone through the bag checks. You've gone through the metal detectors, which really are kind of recent. Uh, the metal detectors are sort of recent, but you've done the bag checks for a decade and a half now. You didn't have to do it back then, but all of a sudden now, you have to do it. Security tables uh, were set up around all the parks and stuff. Uh, the Jungle Cruise ride had to be changed. Uh, one cast member said, The next morning, I returned to work at the Adventureland attraction. I discovered that we had a major problem. Our fun-loving, wisecracking spiel usually includes the line about the downed airplane. It's plain to see how I landed this job. I took a crash course. They had to cut that out because airplane crash works were now completely inappropriate. So skippers were actually using other jokes and using some of their own jokes to try to, you know, to try to distract their 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 guests and stuff. But um, some of it worked, some of it didn't. You know, people were very stone faced. Uh, other crew, uh, other cast members, uh, you know, on on the Jungle Cruise, they actually had moments of silence. And so it's one of those things where you don't know what to do until you have to do it. The hardest part was staying very happy. Uh, this is a, a you know, one cast member said the hardest part was staying happy. Everybody. Um, cast members and guests felt dead inside, but cast members had to work eight plus hour shifts to make the magic to distract everybody because you're there on vacation to try to, to get into a fantasy world to forget the real world. Well, the real world is right up in your face when it comes to something like this. And it was very hard for the cast members to kind of just, you know, keep this presence of happiness, keep smiles on their faces. And at that time, they had not, they had not ground, they had not stopped all air traffic, uh, air traffic over Disney World. Uh, so, you know, which eventually they would, you can't fly an airplane over Disney world, but you know, when an airplane would go overhead, people would just kind of like look around almost in fear because they had no idea. Uh, commercial airline was grounded for a couple of days. And, and so it's been, uh, it, it was, a, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy day for that. Now, Disney kudos to them. They handle it like champs. I mean, they knew what to do. They did it. I don't know that you ever could plan for a terrorist attack, at least at that point. I don't know that you could plan for a terrorist attack, but, but they did it. They, they worked on that and, and they made that happen. Over in Disneyland, uh, they didn't open the gates. Um, cast members were preparing for the parks to open, and the news broke. Um, they locked the gates real quick. They were about to open, but they locked them. They told the cast members, hey, Disneyland's going to remain closed. Somebody says, I was a manager in the uh, one of the stores. I pulled the opening shift and was driving into Anaheim as I heard the events unfolding on the radio. Cast members parked off-site, rode a shuttle into the resort. Once there at California Adventure, I met the manager. We, t- we, talked, uh, we talked about it. We waited for word from Disney Resort Park directors for the course of action. At this point in Disney history, the park had only been closed twice. President Kennedy's assassination and the Northridge earthquake in 1994. Word came through that Disney World was shutting down. Since they had opened, they were actually closing their doors. Um, And the days that followed uh, 9-11, Disneyland Resort changed security measures, adding security gates, police presence on property, canine dogs were there, cast member shuttle routes were changed, so cast members were dropped off outside of different places. Um, And they still do these practices now. And so, of course, on September 12th, as we mentioned at Disney World, Disneyland did open. But, you know, the cast, the the magic is is hard to hold on to. Uh, One cast member says the next day the parks were ghost towns. 
only the hotel guests were really in the park. I was working the monorail uh, in the morning, and I didn't I didn't sell a single ticket there at the booth. I processed travel vouchers. I sold Lion King tickets and worked as an information booth for the resort. Not a single guest walked through downtown Disney. No planes in the sky. No music was playing on the walkway. Very difficult to keep a smile on people's faces. Due to the low attendance, the parks closed earlier than scheduled. It was very surreal because only two days before it was packed. Something that you would never forget. Now, although there are people that are out there that will tell stories about how they didn't like how Disney handled it, for the most part, Disney handled it perfectly. One guest says, let me tell you about Disney. I went down to the front desk to pay for the phone charges the next morning because I I didn't want my sister-in-law's credit card being charged. The guest was told we wouldn't feel right about charging anybody because everybody needs to talk to their loved ones. The people in the room next to us were supposed to fly out on the 12th, but they couldn't. Disney comped them three more nights in the hotel, three days of park passes, and gave them food vouchers. When we inquired at the desk about them taking the paper vouchers and just electronically adding another day onto our card, remember, this is back when park tickets didn't expire, the gentleman I spoke to added three days with hoppers onto our cards. That's not even what we asked for, but he said, I can't do anything about what's going on, but I can make your day a little bit better. I mean, guys, that's that's beautiful to me. I love that. I love that and what Disney did. You know, they donated a whole lot of money to a relief fund as well. I think close to $5 million in corporate gifts, $700,000 from the employees to organizations providing assistance to victims and their families, which is fantastic. So that's a little look at... Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Disney as a whole on 9-11. Um, it was a very surreal day. It, it, you know, The recession hit not too long after that, as you would expect in, in terms of economics. And uh, it, led to, it led to free dining. It led to some of the big discounts and promotions that Disney even has going on now. Uh, they did some incredible promotions because the parks were empty. They had to get people back there. And there was a huge fuss up between Michael Eisner and the Disney corporate office. And whoever leaked out to the media that the Disney World, was, Disney World and Disneyland was a target, uh, somebody leaked that to the papers. And it went, it went out from there. And there was, it was not happy at, at Disney corporate. They were not happy at all because there was no evidence that Disney was a target other than somebody saying it was. Once it got out there, then it was just out there. So very interesting times back then. Very interesting times. And this was even, again, before social media, which is crazy. Uh, So that's your look at 9-11. I hope you guys enjoyed that kind of little walk down memory lane, even though it wasn't very magical because, you know, it's not magical to think about. I do... um, I do encourage you, though, to to go on YouTube. YouTube is a great place for this. And type in, you know, 9-11 footage, uh, North Tower, South Tower. And if you can stand it, if you can handle it, if you can if you can muster it, watch some of the footage. Watch the news coverage from that morning. See what happened this morning that morning as it unfolded. Because you don't want to forget it. You don't want to remember it, but you don't want to forget it. You don't want to dwell on it, but you don't want it to slip out of your memory. You know, you want your kids to know. When they get old enough to understand, when they get old enough to comprehend, you want your kids to know what happened. You don't want this to be something that in ten years from now, you know, on the thirtieth anniversary of nine eleven, that it's just something that people don't talk about anymore. This is a big deal. It's one of the biggest things that ever happened to our country, and it's very tragic. Uh, and I think it's something that we all should can keep in mind. So so that's as political as I'm ever going to get on this show. Just a reminder of kind of what happened in that day. And uh, I hope that, uh, while I can't say that you enjoyed it, I hope that it kind of stirred up some memories for you and maybe kind of give you a kind of a good look into behind the scenes at Disneyland and Disney World for 9-11. My name is David Dollar, and this is the Magic on a Dollar podcast. And uh, if you again, if you'd like to donate to the charity run on Friday, paypal.me 
slash David Dollar. Uh, find the show on uh, Google, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on the website as well, magicandadollar.com. I'd love for you guys to listen up, share the show, and uh, you guys have a great time. You guys have a great day, great weekend. Follow along on Friday, and I will see you next week with all the coverage of Disney World I can possibly pull together in one show. Thanks so much. You guys have a great week, and hey, never forget. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.